you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. We serve an amazing God, do we not? Amen. Well, I think you can do better than that. I think God's worthy of our praise and our adoration. And I just want you to make God feel today that you really, really do love him. Can you give him praise real quick? Now I'm proud of you. A few moments ago, I was very disappointed in y'all. Very disappointed. Well, we're starting a new sermon series in June. You don't want to miss it. Less is more. We'll do a study on the book of Colossians. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be fantastic. Get into the basics of who we are as believers and how we should be living in our lives. So make sure that you put it on your calendar. Starting a new sermon series called Less is More starting in June. Amen. For the last month, we've been teaching on games people play. I think we all have come to the understanding, the belief that none of us really like to play games with others. But today I'm going to do something just a little bit different. Instead of games we play with others and how to overcome those, I want to talk to you today about the games we play with God. Do you know we play games with God? In fact, I'm going to go ahead and give you my, my sermon in a, in a nutshell. In fact, after I really gave this, I could just be quiet and walk off the stage. Not doing it is too expensive. <laughs> Out of all my sermon today, and I'll say it again at the end, I, I want you to remember this, this one phrase. God's not playing games with you, then why are you playing games with God? God is not playing games with you, then why are you playing games with God? So today I want to talk to you about why we play games with God, how we stop playing games with God. And, you know, each week I've used a game. And the game that I want to use this week is I want to play or use Uno. Anybody ever play Uno? You see, Uno was an exciting moment for my family. Let me tell you why. Up until Uno, we were never allowed to have cards in our house. I grew up more in a holiness movement, and the holiness movement that we moved into, we certain things we couldn't do. Do you know why we couldn't have cards in our house? You gambling. Exactly. You gambled, so you couldn't gamble it. So if you had cards in your house, you may gamble like me and my brothers had any money to gamble. But we didn't have cards in our house. So when we got Uno, we had cards, and at first I'm like, I don't know if I can touch those. But I love to play. Uno is one of those games that, that I remember. Now, one other game I remember as a kid, and, and I didn't bring it up in our sermon series because most of you may not. Does anybody ever remember Parcheesi? I used to play that with my grandparents. and It was so fun about that game was is my grandma or grandpa didn't really care about winning. They just didn't want the other one to win. So the whole game was about her husband not winning or his wife not. That's all they cared about. They would help you win. They just didn't want them to winning. So that's how they play the game. So what I remember as a kid is Parcheesi 
and Uno. So, you know, in the game of Uno, they have some cards. You probably remember one card was, was the skip card. You know, if I got the skip card and I didn't like Paul, and Paul was next after me, I could just skip Paul. Say, I skip Paul. And really what you're saying is, I don't like you, Paul. Another card they had was the reverse card. In other words, you could literally change the whole direction of the game, reverse it and go back the other way. The last card was the draw card. You could draw two or you could draw four. Today, I want to build my sermon off of these three cards. And, and I want to read a passage to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It is Paul here talking to the church at Corinth. And Paul in a few, moment is going to, a few moments is going to share with the church of Corinth of how he came to them and spread the gospel, the good news. But he begins to share with them how he did not do it with flattering words to impress. How he didn't come and play a game of being about Paul where it really was about God. And in essence, he said, I came and brought you. And it's, not, it's not that Paul couldn't be persuasive. Remember with the Greeks? In Athens, he comes at the unknown God, and he comes in and starts telling the story. But let me tell you the unknown God, and he talks about Jesus. He's very persuasive. In fact, uh, Agrippa, Agrippa says, do you think for a moment, because Paul pretty much was about to convince him to be a follower of Christ. And he says, do you think in one moment you can persuade me to be a Christian? He's like, well, I'm getting close. But we find here in First Corinthians chapter 2, uh, chapter 2 verse 9 as he talks to the Corinthians he says I am not trying to persuade you with words or with worldly wisdom or trying to impress you I'm just speaking the gospel and listen to what he says in verse 9 however it is written what no eye has seen what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. The things that God has prepared. Oh, I wish, I so wish today that for one moment I could begin to reveal to you what God wants to do in your life. But for most of us as believers, we are so, so immature in our faith that we never get to see all of what God can do if we don't allow him. Paul takes us out of a passage out of Isaiah 64, verse 4, and I'll pray after this. He says, since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait on him. In other words, the writer of Isaiah, the writer of Corinthians, even says in ancient times there was a problem. And the problem was y'all never grew in your relationship with God to really see all that God could do and you know your true potential in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And Lord, I pray that every heart and every mind be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came. But let our faith and our trust be in you. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen. And
Amen. Remember the first card I said that we'll play is the, is the skip card. I used to love the skip card. I I'd get that card and lay it down. I got to skip the next player. But when I was thinking about this, what jumped in my mind is, is let's just skip the game altogether. Let's choose, as men and women of God, to understand this. Go up to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and look at verse 1, and it says this. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. Now, this fear and trembling doesn't mean being afraid and being scared. It means reverence to God. He, in other words, we're saying, I wanted to make sure that what I was about to share was God's word and God's word only. None of me, all of him. In other words, Paul begins to say, I didn't want to come to you guys and come as a salesman. Anybody ever, you might know a salesman. You know that person. I probably know the salesman you're talking about. I got a salesman. I probably been the same salesman. We know. I got a guy that I know, and he's so he can sell you anything. In fact, he could probably sell me a brush. He probably could, no doubt. He would sell me a brush and probably make me feel good about it. That's just how he is. See, Paul wanted them to understand, I'm not playing a game with you. I'm not trying to impress you. I'm not coming here trying to just sell you anything. I'm not doing it. I'm not coming with eloquence of my speech. I'm coming to you with the testimony of what God has done in my life, and that's all you need to know. What was his testimony? That on the road one day, as he was going to persecute some more Christians, all of a sudden, a voice came from heaven, and all of a sudden, a light blinded him. And all of a sudden, he began to say, why do you persecute me, Paul? Why? So at that name, Saul. Why do you persecute me, Saul? And on that day, there was such a change in his life that it changed the very being of who Saul was, and he became Paul. He didn't need to impress anybody. He didn't need to make it special. He just had to say what God had done. See, we have to learn to stop playing games with God. We've got to learn to skip the game of trying to impress others with what we can do, but instead impress others with what God can do through us. Let me share with you today the only reason that I can stand on this stage with you today and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ is because God in me. I'm a blubbering idiot. I am not of good speech. When God called me to be a pastor, I thought, Lord, they, first of all, I'm from North Carolina with a crazy country accent, and I talk a million miles an hour. They will never understand. In fact, the first time I preach, a woman come up to me after I preach says, I don't know a word you just said. I said, well, man, that's because there's sin in your life, and you need to ask God to forgive you. Don't you mess with the anointed man of God. That we have to realize that, that God wants to use us despite us. That God wants to use us no matter the mistakes we've made or, or the weaknesses we have or the issues in our life. That God still wants to use us. But it never was about us. And will never be about us. In fact, there's one passage that really bothers me as a Christian. You know what it is? That God takes the common thing of a man to confound the wise. Common, that's how I feel sometimes. So Lord, what you're telling me is you take the common, you're calling me common so you can confound the wise. 
Because see, what God wants you to do sometimes, it was never about you. It was never about your qualities or your talents or your giftings or how good you talk or your good speech. See, Paul was afraid that they would think because he was persuasive of speech, because he was a good speaker, that Paul was afraid that it would become about him. And there were times it did. Remember they cast out a demon? They met a guy one day and some guys tried to, and in the name of Paul, we cast out this demon. You know what happened to him? Those guys got whooped up on Paul, listen, Paul, we know, Jesus, we know, but we don't know you. And they got whooped up on. See, Paul said, I never wanted to be about me. I always want to be about him. I don't want to play games. I just want to tell you the truth, that there is a God that loves you and accepts you just the way you are. He won't leave you that way, but accept you that way. And we skip the game of trying to impress others with those we know. How many of you know the name drop people? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know a name drop person? Don't look at the person beside you. You know, every time, oh, just the other day I was with so-and-so. and Just the other day I was with so-and-so. The other day I walked down the mall with the mayor. Just because he was walking down the same mall, the same hallway you are, don't mean you were walking with him. Listen, listen to what he, he says right here. He says, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ. He said, that's all it's about. It's about nobody else. It's about Jesus. He said, I decided to resolve in my mind it would always be about Jesus and him alone and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. In other words, he says, I didn't come to you because how great I was or how wonderful I was. I'm not playing games with God because I know without God I am nothing, but with God I can do all things. Do you know why that should be such a liberated moment for you? When you at that moment, I, I've got to share this and tell you what happened the first service. Came ready to prepare, preach the word. <clears throat> I kept noticing Randy was sitting over. He get, kept trying to get my attention, and I didn't know what was going on. And Jay, uh, Jeremy was on the front row. He's trying to get my attention. I'm like, and finally, David comes up, sits on the front row. And finally, David got my attention. I knew what he was saying. David finally looked at me and said, your zipper's down. <laughs> if you know any pastor, that's our greatest fear. We, 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 are, we are constantly checking to make sure. In fact, I've even put precautions in place to make sure, but I don't know what happened this time, but I'm trying to preach, and Dave's over there, he's like, finally he's like, pray. So I do this thing where I'm like, let's just pray real quick. I just feel we need to pray. So then I, we just pray. When we pray, I'm like, zip. But then I felt guilty because I feel like I'm being a little bit dishonest. So I said, guys, let me tell you what just happened. The rest of my sermon was, I was done. Last ser- That was the worst sermon I ever preached. It was awful. I text Kenny. I said, Kenny, take it off a of live stream right now. Take it down. He's not answering. I called. I said, David, I said, David, tell Kenny to take it off a of live stream right now. <laughs> David's not answering. I called his wife. I said, let, let, Abby, tell your husband to look at his phone. <laughs> so I think every once in a while God just does things to us. Just to say, it ain't you, brother. But David takes something back to me. Because I, t- I said, David, that was awful. The sermon was terrible. I feel so bad. Da, da, da. He goes, but remember, four people just got saved. Amen. He said, four people gave their heart and life to Christ. And I said, praise God. 
that if I had to be, and I was embarrassed, ask him. I was sweating and I was red. I was embarrassed. And the worst part is, is a lady in church, we won't mention her name, Teresa, <laughs> texts my wife, my wife's not here today, she's at another event, texts my wife and says, on stage, no, says, your, your husband's zipper's down. I'm like, Teresa, what are you doing? So now my wife's somewhere like, excuse me? So I think every once in a while, God will just let us know. Let me remind you, it never was about you and never will be about you. It's always been about what I do in you and through you. See, that's the God we serve. He's not wanting to play games with us. And he doesn't want us to play games. See, skip the game of trying to impress others with your words, but instead to the power of God. Yesterday we had our freedom conference. And listen, if you've never gone through freedom class, I am begging of you, go through freedom class. It will change your life. Carrie, amen. Teresa, amen. It is one of the most, it's something we do. We'll start a new one coming up soon. If you've never been through freedom class, you need to go through freedom class. It will take you to another level in your walk with Jesus. See, I believe most of us Christians, we live, what do we live off our, we, we, about 5% of our brain is what we use. Is that what they say? I believe when it comes to Christianity and our walk with Christ and the blessings and the power and the authority that he can give us, we live off about 5% of it. See, some of you don't quite understand the power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you and what God can do through you and how God can overcome your weaknesses, your past, your issues. See, God's got some. Listen, he says, I don't want to be about the man. Listen to what he says right here. He says this. My message and my preaching were not with the wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. See, that's my prayer that some of you would start getting such a deeper and more profound relationship with God Almighty that will happen is that God will start manifesting. This is what we talk about in our freedom class. God wants to manifest through you. God wants to do things in you that there is no way others would know. I, had a, I was at a conference this week. I had to speak at a conference in Tennessee. While I was there, we're in, a, in, in the praise and worship time. The, the, I just felt the Holy Spirit kept speaking to me to, to give a word to the woman behind me. I didn't want to do it. I'm always con, you know, afraid that I'm just hearing from me and I don't want to do that and I'm fighting and I'm resisting. And God just gets, it gets more overwhelming. And finally, I just turned to the woman and I said, God told me to tell you, don't ask him why God did this to me. Ask me what God's going to do for me. She has cancer. See, there are some of you that God wants to do some great and mighty works in your life. He wants to use you to do things that you could never do in the natural. But the problem is, is you guys are living in maturity. Go to the next level. Listen to this. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 8, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. We speak wisdom amongst the mature. Here's the second thing. Reverse the game. First, when you come to whether you're going to play the game or not, decide to skip the game. You're not going to play it. But for some of you, you've already been playing the game. It's time to reverse it. Remember when you lay down that reverse card? It turns the whole direction of the game. Can I tell you, you can lay down a card, you can speak Jesus Christ over your situation and proclaim God's word over your issues, and God can reverse everything you're going through. How many of you know that? 
But see, for God to do that, can I share something with you today? Listen to what he said. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom. God wants you to be wise in him. Wisdom is knowing what to do with knowledge. Let me say that again. Wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. Knowledge is having information of something. Wisdom is knowing what to do with that information. You see, what God wants us to understand, for me to have knowledge, I've got to get in the Word, amen? I've got to read the Word of God every day. Spend time in the Word every day. If today is the first time you're hearing the Word of God, shame on you. You should read it every day. I'm not saying you've got to read 10 chapters. If you can only read one chapter at a time, then read one chapter at a time. But get in the Word of God because I promise there will never be a time that you read the Word of God that you won't get something and a new revelation come. And let me say that to you. When you read God's word, pray before you read God's word. And pray that as you do, say, God, I pray today that as I read your word, I will get a fresh revelation of who you are through your word. Can I tell you what's probably one of the biggest problems with the American church today? We're a bunch of illiterate Bible Christians. That if I were to stand out in the hallway right now and ask you some stories out about the Bible, would you know them? If I were to ask you about Noah, who was Noah? If I were to ask you about Moses, if I were to sit and ask you about who Paul was or Peter was, how, if I were to just ask you the very basics, how can you be saved? If we want to grow in Christ in our relationship, we've got to get in his word, but we've also got to get on our knees, amen? We've got to pray, we've got to seek him. Because listen what he says. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom, and this is important, among the mature. Let me tell you what that means. In other words, if you're not mature in Christ, you won't understand the wisdom you're getting. Have you ever had someone you have a, a kind of a different language with? Y'all can say something that nobody, you know, you've got that little friend. You know, it, like us, it makes us mad. You'll say something, you'll both like, <laughs> But nobody else in the room understands that, you know, you say something like uh, ice cream. <laughs> and everybody else is like, why is ice cream funny? Oh, you just got to know the story. Don't that make you mad? Can you share the story so we're not all in the dark? Or is it just a stupid story because you're stupid? In other words, what he says right here is, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age, of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom. Here's what you need to hear. A mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for the glory before time began. In other words, there are things that many times because we lack wisdom and maturity, we won't understand. That God is doing something, you don't recognize it because you're not mature in Christ. God is doing something, but you don't recognize it because you don't have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. That every day I'm drawing closer to God because I want to understand. God, I want to understand today what I didn't understand five years ago. I want to know that right all of a sudden I feel something in my heart like I'm supposed to give a word and I don't understand what that means. Oh, that's the Holy Spirit. Either word of uh, 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 prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. But I, I, I didn't know what that was because I wasn't wise enough. And I wasn't mature enough. See, God wants you to grow every day. I hope that what you said five years ago as a Christian, you don't say today. 
Can I tell you a shirt that makes me mad? Y'all just bear with me in my soapbox. I'm a Christian, but I cuss a little. I hate those shirts. If you're a Christian, stop cussing. Y'all still love me? Amen. I tell Laura that all the time. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. That's right. See, what I've got to realize is, is how I lived and how I talked and what I did here, when I'm five years down the road, should look totally different. Because I have matured in my walk with God. Now listen, I'm not saying you won't fail. I'm not saying you won't make mistakes. I'm not saying that you won't even sin sometimes. I'm not saying that. What I am saying though is, is I should be growing in my wisdom who God is. And as I grow in wisdom, I grow in maturity. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, listen to this, if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord. See, there are some things that if you had wisdom and maturity of Christ, you would stop doing because you know it hurts God. You know he's not, he doesn't like it. You, you know that it doesn't bring honor and glory to his name. As we're coming back from the other campus, and we had a car in front of us and they were doing, I guess, a Sunday drive. And I, I guess they felt that because they were doing a Sunday drive, we should do one too. And I just had to grab a hold. Dan was the one driving me. I just had to really grab my spirit because I'm like, oh, I, mm, mm, let me have the car. I'm about to lay hands on them. But then I had to say, no, I'm not going to let that bother me. It doesn't matter. See, the, the last thing I'll share with you today is this. Replace the game. So we lay down that draw two or draw four, even the wild card. I love the wild cards because you lay down the wild card, you can change the color of the game. You can replace one color with another color. See, some of you got to skip the game, stop playing it. You've got to reverse the direction. And you've got to replace the game with something else. And that is Christ Jesus and his word. Listen to what he says. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no mind, human mind, has conceived. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. so that we may understand. I want you to hear this. Some of you, God has given you things that you have no idea that you've got. Because your eyes, see, there's, that you've got two sets of eyes. You've got what you call the physical eyes, what you see with these eyes, which they will lie to you. And you have the spiritual eyes. Discernment. You're able to see things that you don't see with the physical eyes, but because you're listening and being led by the Holy Spirit, you're able to pick up on things you couldn't do in the physical. He said, what no eye has seen. If you will mature in your relationship with God, if you will begin to live by the wisdom of his word, if you will grow in a deeper relationship with God, this I promise you, God will begin to show you things you ain't ever seen before. 
See, some of you need those eyes. Why? Because you, people keep doing you wrong. You keep allowing people in your life to do you wrong because if you would just pray and ask for discernment, God would say, be careful of them. Watch out for them. They don't have your best interests at heart. Now, there's some things that if you, if you have maturity and wisdom, then you would seek God and say, God, should I buy this house? Should I buy this car? Lord, should I do this? And God would say, no. That house payment will be 2000 a month and you only make 500 a month. That really doesn't take wisdom. That just means you're stupid. Then your ears. How many know that God wants to speak to you every day? Some of you, you may be raised in a denomination that God stopped speaking after the apostles. There is no biblical account of that. Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit is still speaking today. That woman that I turned around and said that to, she said, you're the third person to say the similar thing to me this week. That was God confirming. See, when you're able to mature in your relationship with God, get greater wisdom through his word, then you're able to hear God can speak to you and say things to you. Yes, no, maybe, not right now, hold off. No, that's not the road, that's not, no. But he says this also. And what no human mind has conceived. See, when we get the mind of Christ, when we get wisdom and we mature, God can change your mindset. See, there's some of you sitting in this service today, you never, you never thought you'd amount to anything. You feel this is the best it'll ever get. You're not deserving or worthy of anything else. See, what happened is, is years ago, the enemy got a hold of your mind and convinced you of lies and you've accepted those lies. But if you had the mind of Christ, if you matured in your walk with Jesus, if you had the wisdom of his word, I promise you this, you would know with God all things are possible. For some of you, you're living in fear, worry, anxiety, depression today. Can I tell you today, I'm just going to break some, I just want to tell you something. Fear is not of the Lord. Now, I'm upset some of you because I know some of you struggle with anxiety problems and you're struggling with issues like that. And I get it, but can I tell you this right now that it's not from God? How do you know that? He says, I do not give you a spirit of fear or timidity is what he says, but power, love. And a sound mind. That would just be a good song. When I say those words, my legs just some reason want to move, and I don't know why. Power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. See, that's about as good as my dancing gets, because if I ever start moving my feet, I will fall down. For some of you, you think you're always going to be addict. It's a lie from the pits of hell. You're not. From the... Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But see, you got to grow in your walk with Christ. Listen, I'm saying this to you today. I want you to hear me because probably many of you today will leave and you've got your grace card. You're on your way to heaven. You're saved and you're redeemed and that's enough. And I feel sorry for you. Because you're missing out on this earth the ability to do great things. God does things. I've laid hand and healed sick people. People with diseases and cancer. 
I've seen people healed of AIDS. I've seen people that were blind and can see. I've seen God do miraculous things, and not because of John Liggett, but because John Liggett matured in Christ Jesus and used the wisdom that only comes from his word. I've learned to overcome my weaknesses and my fears. I'm not saying all my fears are gone. I still struggle with fear. What I have done, though, is when that fear pops up, I'm like, whoop, that ain't God. Oop, there it is. I'm sorry. I know that's not God, so you know what? I must be on the right track. Because, devil, if you're trying to make me so afraid and you're trying to make me so scared, that must mean I'm doing what God wants me to do. So guess what? If you're trying to scare me, all you're doing is give me a road sign that I'm on the right road and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to do what God's telling me to do because I know God's going to help me overcome my fears. The things God has prepared for those who love him. I want you to stand with me. Remember the first thing I said today is, is this. Take this home with you. Don't forget it. God is not playing games with me. Then why am I playing games with God? Remember that. Stop playing games. And, and, I, and I want to throw this out here real quick. Well, Pastor, how am I playing games with God? If you're going to be a Christian, stop living and doing the things you're doing wrong. I'm not judging you and I'm not condemning you. Either you're for God or against God, but stop doing things you shouldn't be doing. Amen? You come here every Sunday and you're worshiping God, but you're smoking crack. Stop smoking crack. But see, it goes beyond that. For some of you where you're not being wise or you're not maturing is, is that you're not doing jack diddly squat for God. God doesn't save you, redeem you, put talents and gifts in you to just sit in a service. It's called obedience. And my maturity says I cannot sit idly by while people are dying and going to hell because I won't use the talents and the gifting that God has given me. I will mature and gain wisdom, not so I will become wiser and smarter for me so that I can have the word of God that I may give to others and help them in their time of need to bring them to Jesus. I got to stop. I've gone way over I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're struggling, you know you're playing games with God, not doing and living the way you ought to, and you need to become more focused on seeking His wisdom and maturity in Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot of hands going up. Lord, I pray today over every hand that is raised, and I ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, that, Lord, we will stop playing games and become serious about serving our God. That, Lord, you don't play games with us, so, Lord, we're not going to play games with you. That, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ today, we're going to use your wisdom. Seek maturity. And most of all, Lord, as you said there, and for those who love him, God, we choose today to love you. So, God, we stop playing games, and we seek you in a divine, profound relationship with you as we go deeper in your word with every head bowed every eye closed one last question 
If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know where I'm going, to heaven or hell. It says in 1 John, it is written that you may know you've got eternal life. You don't have to guess or wonder. You can know with all certainty. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, no one's looking at you, me, and the Lord, and you today you would like to give your heart and life to Christ. It's so easy. Admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and love. Believe that he is the son of the living God. Died on a cross, you rose on the third day. And with your mouth today, confess him, Lord, of your life, he shall be saved. If you're here today and you'd like to give your heart and life to Christ, I just want you to raise your hand high right now. Amen. Amen. I've had two raise their hand. Will you give God praise today? I want everybody, not just the two that raise their hand, but I want everybody to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proudest. Two new names have been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever Amen. Give God praise right now. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.